Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, a buddy of ours. We know him from Comedy Sports Indianapolis. Uh, a wonderful man, Sean Jones. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, sir. How are you guys, man? Good. Awesome. Doing well. Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me once again. I truly appreciate it, man. <laughs> I love you guys, though. Yeah, no, I love you too, man. It's good to talk to you. Likewise. <laughs> now, what, what have you been up to? What have you been up to since we last talked to you? Man, um, I just been, uh, you know, working. I work at the Children's Museum, so we got like a bunch of new uh, exhibits coming in and everything like that. And then um, we're working on some short films with a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Emmanuel Carter. He has a Nickelodeon show called Noggin Nose. Oh, you mentioned this guy before, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he's not really doing anything that the strike is currently going on right now. So he was just like, I'm just going to make some independent, I'm just going to make some short films. So Nice. Yeah, so me and him have been writing some stuff. So hopefully we'll start shooting pretty soon. Nice. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and then. Yeah, and then just writing some, um, yeah, just writing some jokes. Hopefully, to do some more, do some stand up. I haven't done in like years. Hopefully, yeah. do some stand up by January. So, nice. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking, you know, because I only dabbled in stand up a little bit, like when I was a teenager, and I, I keep thinking about maybe trying my hand at it again. But it's, it's been so long, you know. And I'm, I'm doing improv pretty regularly now, and um, mm. I'm just so used to like, uh, like, like acting kind of being on stage i'm i'm like uh I'll, you know I'll, pr I'll probably do it again at some point but but it, it's something that keeps popping into my head every now and again yeah like um yeah it's been years like i was doing it like well, before comedy sports man i was doing it like probably like since 14 off and on mm -hmm. and um yeah and then like had a had a bad experience i don't know if i told you guys so before i joined comedy sports I got into it with the owner of, I don't know if you guys remember Morty's comedy joint. Yeah. 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 And so I was one of the first yeah. people to perform there. And, um, two of my buddies, uh, two of my buddies like, yo, come perform with us and stuff. And I was performing there like regularly for like, two years straight. And then, uh, the, 
owner wanted me to uh, join his comedy class and teach how to do stand up. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I've been doing it since I was 14. I'm good. Like, so he wanted you to pay him money. Yes. Yes. He wanted me to pay him $50 a week. And so I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And so I remember I was on stage and I never had anybody there. And I had like my, my parents came. My parents don't do nothing together. So like my parents, <laughs> both my parents was there. My dad and I had my cousins and stuff. And he, the last joke, he turned the mic off on me. Oh, that shit. Yeah, and I got into it with him, and he was like, "You're banned from this." I was like, "All right, you know, the hell with this." And then years <laughs> later, years later, uh, when I was um, like working, uh, working at the mall. Um, a buddy of mine who uh, does stand-up, he came in, and he was like, yo, man, you hear what happened to the owner of comedy uh, at Morty's? And I was like, no, what happened? He said that, yeah, he went to a marsh and robbed the bank. What? <laughs> and I was like, really? He said, man, they the news called him the Band-Aid Bandit because he cut himself shaving and had a Band-Aid on, and he walked in and robbed, tried to rob the marsh and stuff. And he was like a black dude with, like, dreads going down his back so he was very seen <laughs> like, yeah, I knew he was. <laughs> they were oh, like man. i took his comedy class yeah <laughs> yeah he was just like dude he's the band-aid bandit now <laughs> <laughs> oh man i feel yeah, like man. somebody like that just like trying to like squeeze a penny out of everywhere he can yeah. i feel like he he had to have like massive gambling debts or or something yeah you know yeah that's actually a pretty popular like hustle that a comedy place a stand-up comedy place will do yeah if it's not like a show where they make you bring people they'll do things like take a fucking like comedy class and yeah well like i would imagine it's pretty stupid well and even like like every improv place i've ever gone like and it's i mean and a lot of them you know, depending on what you're looking for and what you need and what you want, like the classes, I'm not saying they don't have value, but, mm-hmm. but to get right. in anywhere, like even get your foot in the door, you have to like agree to pay and take classes. And yeah. like, even, you know, cause I've been doing it for forever and not like I'm some like improv guru. Like I, I, I think I'm decent, but I've still got plenty to learn. Everybody always has shit to work on. But, mm-hmm. but even like after COVID, happened and I hadn't been on stage for like three years. I was like, okay, like how do I get back into it? Where do I go? What do I do? And like really the only avenue, even after having done it for 20 plus years is like, oh, right. I have to go take classes. That's how you get into like, now great. Now those classes were at the CIC theater, which I think are the best improv classes I've ever taken. And, and I think that anybody should take those and would benefit from those, but it's still like, man, I'm like, uh, you know, and I did that, and I auditioned, when I first moved up here, I did one audition, because I did comedy sports in Indianapolis with you guys, right? And shortly after I moved up here, I auditioned for comedy sports Chicago, uh, just the one time, just because I don't, I, I mean, I don't know, I might be interested in doing it now, but especially when I first moved up here, I'm like, I'm good on some short form, like, I'm ready to do some some other stuff. Um, yeah. But I still auditioned, and it was like, check the boxes, like, are you willing to be like, do you want to be a main like team, like on the team performer? Are you willing to like do this or are you willing to like take classes and pay to have a coached team or whatever? And I think, and I didn't check that last one. Cause I was like, man, I'm not paying to take more fucking classes. And right. 
And like I didn't even get a callback or anything. Like I, I, I almost I don't who know I don't what what like maybe I had a shitty audition, whatever. Like maybe I just sucked. But but I'm like part of me is like real is it's probably because I checked that box that I'm like, no, I'm not gonna give you any money. <laughs> like at any sure. point, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's it's weird because like in improv going back to like the the um like the stand up thing, in improv there's really not like an open mic night. Yeah. Really. And I think that's and that's that's what makes me feel like it's such a racket to make young comedians pay for like a because you should be learning it naturally backstage talking to other comedians. I think that's how it yeah. works better. Yeah. And I but I think the only benefit of, of like paying somebody to teach you stand up would be just to practice standing up on that yeah. stage. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that was like the main that was like the main thing. Like every Tuesday was like open mic night so that's where i would like go and i was like okay i know not to write this down and i would tell the crowd like because it's mainly just comedians in the crowd unless you bring somebody you know yeah, i yeah. always wrote down stuff like hey you know this is this is a new joke see if this tries this, this tries and he wanted people to come on tuesday before open mic night and teach comedy class and i walked in one time just to, you know, it was like towards the end of it and we we're about to start, you know, the uh, actual show. And he was just showing like Dane Cook videos. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he, was showing Dane, he was showing Dane Cook videos. And I was just like, okay, girl, we just, you just showing people, you know, hey, this is what, this is what stand up is. Yeah. It should be free. Like, it should be like the dude, yeah. had, the dude is like at, doing the books during the day. He should just let people, comedians come in and just, like, practice their shit on a stage that no one is, you know, there's no one there anyway. Right. Because wouldn't you yeah. want your comedians to be better? Like, <laughs> Right. Well, and, you know, and, 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 there, and as far as improv, at least, I don't, I think you're right, Brent, that there's none of this in Indianapolis or probably most cities. But a city like Chicago, they're so big and there's so many people doing shit. Like, there are, like, indie improv shows that you can kind of sign up for. It's not quite an open mic, but... You can just like go and get some stage time and, um, it is, it is, but like the only way that you know where those are or when those are happening is if you're already plugged into the improv scene. Like it's, there's, it's like, so like if somebody just moved to Chicago and was like, what do I like? All you're going to find is like ads for second city or IO or like, you're not, you're not going to know to go to fucking, uh, you know, Finley Dunn's Tavern or like any of these like little hole in the wall, un- you know, so, kind of, I was just getting like kind of underground improv, like indie <clears throat> improv nights. You're not going to know that unless you know somebody, you know, is it, is it like, and this isn't a joke. Is it like, like a pickup game of basketball? Like it's just like a mishmash of people you wouldn't. It's, there are, there, those are, uh, improv jams are like that. And you do have those from time to time, but more often it's a, uh, you'll have one person or like one team hosting an improv night. And usually each team goes for like 15, maybe 20 minutes. So you want four, usually four, sometimes three, sometimes five, but usually like four teams. And that, that, that's like a good hour, hour and a half show is if you get four teams, right? So usually like one team will host at this venue, this bar, whatever, every uh, Monday night, say, and then they'll get other teams to sign up. Like, hey, do you want – and they'll just sign up different teams every week. And so usually you can get – like the team I play with, we're on a rotating spot 
it's not a formal thing, but it's just like every time we play at a spot, we kind of like talk to the dude and set it up for the next month. So every month we've got like okay. a hand, we've got like a handful of spots we'll play once a month or so, and we just kind of rotate through, you know, and do do each spot once a month or so. Yeah, so. that's cool. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that is cool. Like, yeah, just and also it just probably just gives like you know people opportunities where you know if they're established somewhere and just like i'm not really getting that much stage time you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah and like and there's this one what's the name of it it's, it's uh it's called clash on clark is this little venue and it's like you go to the there's a bar downstairs you go and it's like a bar and the first the first or second time i went there i went in and i was kind of early so i went down and got a drink and then I, I ran into some people and I was like, okay, let's go upstairs. So then I start to go upstairs to where the, like the actual improv show is. And the server, like one of the servers ran and stopped me. And she's like, no, 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 no. You can't take your drink upstairs. That's a separate thing. Like, so it's like the bar downstairs is the bar downstairs and the space upstairs is the space upstairs. And it's like, she was like, no, it's not, it's, it's illegal. If I let you take your drink up the stairs. And I was like, fuck. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, little, it's like little hole in the wall, you know, shit. And a lot of them, a lot of them are BYOB. A lot of these clubs that aren't in a bar, you know, like Lincoln square improv or bug house. It's just like, they just have a stage. And so it's just BYOB. If you want something to drink, you got to bring it. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's cool. I went to a, um, I went to an art show like that um, last month. Uh, a buddy of mine, she just was like, "Oh, I'm having this art show," and it was in the side of like this guy's like house. Uh huh. And and then I was like, "Oh, do you know this guy?" She said, "No." He just said we can rent this place out for <laughs> we this place out for an art show, and it was just like just weird art hanging from the ceiling and stuff. And she was like, "Yeah." And, and cool. he's, he's not here this weekend, so he was like, "I can use his house for an art show." Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. Like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple buddies who just started doing a show. We did like the sec. It's I think it's every Monday or two. No, it's Tuesday nights I think, but it's at the the Gallery Cabaret or someplace. But um, so anyway, they just started doing this show. They're like maybe a month in doing this every month. And it's a really nice venue. It's this night. It's this long bar, and they've got a really nice stage in the back, and they've got all these like speakers set up, and they had a drum set, and they, and there was like, and the speakers were all covered, and and I asked the, uh, I asked the guy running it, I was like, so what what are the rules about sitting on the drum set? Like, is it gonna be a, a is am I gonna get in trouble if I sit? And he was like, I don't know. We should probably just stay off it. I was like, okay, that you know, that's why I'm asking. I just want to know. Uh, <laughs> you show me the line, dude. I promise I'll be awesome. Yeah, just tell me. Just tell me. Just tell me what it's like. Bend down when you bend down and you land on your uh back 
and bullets are flying, that's not what bullets, it's cum! <laughs> <laughs> I always love I I I I think the Black Jeopardy sketches are some of my favorite. Like the 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 one with uh, Tom Hanks in particular. Have you seen that one? Oh yes. Where he's yes. like he's like a good old boy, and and what man? Some of the questions are like uh, I don't know, but he answers is like uh, yeah, that's just the government trying to get you, and they're like yes. Yes, Doug. Yes, and like, and they're like, "You're all right." But then, like, Keenan approaches him at one point, and Tom Hanks is like, "Oh!" Like, recoils. He's like, "No, no, it's okay." It's like, oh, that was apparently improv. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, Keenan said that. Yeah, Keenan was just like, you know, the whole sketch was written, and he said that part was <laughs> Tom Hanks just backing up in character. Oh, dude, that's so. <laughs> that, the, like that whole sketch is so good. But the, I mean, a lot of times it can be hard to end a sketch or like, you know, just like to really have a good punchline but man that one when he's like uh okay you know we're going to commercial break and when we come back uh we're, we're gonna get into the last jeopardy category lives that matter and tom hanks is like well actually i have some thoughts about on that and he's like well it was it was good while it lasted doug <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know the one of the questions was skinny girls do this and he goes what is not a damn thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skinny girls will do this for you. Not, not a damn thing. <laughs> not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. There's a good one when uh, Chadwick, uh, Chadwick Boseman hosted, uh-huh. and he was uh, he was T'Challa doing Black Jeopardy, and he was just basically answering like, "Oh, you know, this is what you're, uh, uh, what you're not supposed to do when the police come," and then he goes. What you are supposed to do is tell the police exactly what you saw because that is the right thing to do. Right. And then it's like, no, that's the wrong answer. And then it was just like, don't snitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love, just just to T'Challa to, to, to being completely disconnected from the I, yeah, from, from the reality like, of and, yeah. And it was like his black ants, like it was like Africans that's versus funny. black people. That's funny. And he was just like, oh, this is what Africans do. So the last question is, <laughs> the last question is. Um, you know, what you, uh, what you say when your white, uh, what you say when your cousin's white girlfriend brings a potato salad over to the house and he goes, okay, I think I got the answer. I think I got the answer, but let me ask you a question. Is this potato salad unseasoned? It's like, yes. <laughs> Do they put something in it like racist? Yeah. He said, yes. <laughs> and then he goes, okay. So I think that the answer is, I think the question is, Take that tired ass uh, potato salad away from here, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, Brett, have you ever seen potato salads with, I know it's, I've heard, like, I've heard the joke. I've never seen potato salad with raisins in it. Have you come across that, Brett? Um, Maybe. I've never, I've never eaten it if I have. Like, some of that (laughs) weird shit, like at Kroger, like, you ever go to the Kroger place and, and, some of their sa- pasta salads and weird things I've I've always seen, but I've never even like bought them. Yeah, some of those yeah, might my, have like raisin ish yeah. things in them. Yeah, I get my uh, my mother. I get her like I go to the grocery store for, her, and she always wants like the chicken salad there. She loves chicken salad. Yeah. And I brought it home one day, and it was chicken salad with raisins. And I was like, "Why the hell is raisins in this chicken salad?" <laughs> yeah. Oh man, my well, wife we- is like really like real particular about potato salad like it's got to be the mustardy mm-hmm. kind mustard yes 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's got to be I, I like that stuff too. Heavy I love I love potato salad. It's got to be heavy on the mustard. Yeah. Yeah, like I I grew up liking it. Uh I just lost the taste of it, but man, you go over I was just at my uh yeah. my aunt's house yesterday and it was a potato salad sitting there and we were eating tacos. So like <laughs> just like y'all got to bring potato salad somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> potato salad um, and tacos. We went potato salad tacos. <laughs> it was it was um yeah. My, my, my wife's birthday, well, it was a month ago, but it's, it's been a crazy busy month. Like my kids, my, my oldest two, my girls are in, in high school, so they had homecoming. And then my, my oldest just had her 17th birthday. So, so we had stuff to do for that. And then, so anyway, man, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. 17. Yeah. Kids, man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. But, uh, but so we, we celebrated my wife's birthday this past weekend and there were a couple things she wanted to do. Like uh, Saturday, we went to the Field Museum of Natural History, uh, which which was pretty awesome to see all these like animals and dinosaur bones and 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 all kinds of shit. And then yesterday, we went to this little place called the uh, the Museum of Ice Cream. And dude, it's what? my wife and kids loved it. The whole place is just pink, like bright pink. Everything is pink, and you walk. Smell awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. It does. Yeah. Like and you <laughs> you walk in. And you can buy like any kind of like uh, ice, like a banana split or a milkshake or whatever. But they also have a bunch of cocktails that you can drink. Um, and so I, I had a cold fashion, right? Instead of an old fashioned, a cold fashion. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. And so my wife and I, you know, we had a drink, got a little boozy. And then we go through this museum and it's real museum is, 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 uh, they're very liberal with the word museum here. It's like the first room you go in, there's a bunch of like bananas, like plastic bananas hanging from the, it's like a hippie's apartment, right? But all, just all the beads are bananas. Uh, <laughs> and then there's one room you go in, there's like, you could shoot baskets and that's all pink. The basketballs are pink or play whack-a-mole. Um, and then in every room, there's like a different flavor ice cream you could try. Like the first room, you could try a pineapple flavor or an orange flavor. Um, and then there was one room where they had all these different toppings. I went up there with my oldest daughter and they had like, they were like, yeah, you could put pop rocks on this or this or this or bugs. And I, and my daughter thought she thought they meant like chocolate bugs or something. Like she didn't realize. So the lady hands her her ice cream and it's covered in actual like roasted, like, like, uh, uh, cicadas. Like it's like roasted. And she, and my daughter was like, ew, oh, never mind. Like I'm not. You know, so then did they remake it? Well, no, well, they they offered to, but she was like so embarrassed and grossed out at that point. She was like, no, 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 just never mind. Um, but so, but so then my middle child, uh, she was she was like, she she looked at me and she was like, should we eat a bug? She was like, dad, will you eat a bug with me? And I was like, I was like, if you'll do it, I'll do it. We'll we'll eat a bug. So I had caramel apple flavored ice cream. So we went over there, got a couple big bugs. We each got a spoonful of ice cream and put a bug on top and ate it. And uh, <laughs> I got they crickets. Maybe they were crickets. I'm not sure. They were they were like big roasted bugs though. Um, <laughs> but they they weren't bad. They were they was fine. It just like added a nice crunchy texture. Wasn't bad at all, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah. But anyway, so all of that is to say that's so weird. That's an option. <laughs> yeah. Well, th so then we, it is like a curveball for the other stuff, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Because yeah. everything's like pretty and pink and like, and then you walk in and they're like, and even at that station, it's like, do you want, do you want some pop rocks? Do you want some corn flakes? 
or do you want some bugs? And it's like, I what? But but dude, we went to this this one room has a, it was like a hot dog stand you walk up to, and they had a little pink hot dog bun, and in it they put hot dog flavored ice cream, which tasted like a hot dog, and then they put they put sweet relish on it, and mustard uh, a mustard sauce, and. I'll be goddamned if that thing didn't taste like it was a hot dog. It was delicious. It was so wow. like it was it was weird and it was cold, but it was really de- it was really tasty. Oh man! Yeah, it's strange that it was like a pink ice cream too. Well, the bun right? the bun was pink. The, the oh, what was the color of the hot dog flavored ice cream? It just looked it looked like vanilla. It looked like regular ice cream. Oh, okay. But so then they just put the ice cream in the bun. And they put on the relish, they squirt the mustard on top, and you eat it, and it's cold, and it's cold, and it's ice cream, but it tastes like you're eating a hot dog. Like, it's real weird. No, it sounds so gross. Wow. It does. It, the on it. it sounds gross. That's a true Chicago-style ice cream dog. Yeah, it was right. delicious. Though. I ate most of it. I was like, this is really good. <laughs> oh, man. It is crazy, yeah. yeah. Yo, can I... Can I tell you guys about something i learned today yeah yeah Yeah. there's there's a prison in um i think it's louisiana in in every state in most counties in the united states yes (laughs) (laughs) there's one in louisiana too believe it or not it's called the anglo the angola prison okay and they have a rodeo so like attached i know Okay. I thought that I, the video I saw, I thought it was like from someplace in Brazil where they were like doing some like shady shit with pri- with prison inmates. Wait, so uh-huh. they, they actually bring a, like they bring a bull into the prison yard? Is that like it's a rodeo rodeo? It's like attached to the prison. And to get wow. And, and they'll put $20 on your books. If you stand out in the on course or in the in the field where the bulls are in a in a in a hula hoop with like nine other prisoners and they release a bull, man, and you guys, <laughs> the last person out of the out of the hula hoop wins the the, the pot. You should get like twenty bucks in your books for ramen soups and shit. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> that's wild, dude. Yeah. That's... Like I mean, <laughs> like I like I know that the prison system in the U.S. is, like, barely even a step down from, like, the Roman, like, gladiatorial game. Like, it's fucked up, right? Like, the, but then I hear, I, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm even surprised to hear shit like that, like. Yeah, and they're, they're the lifers. They're the lifers, like the murderers. Mm-hmm. They get, they get okay, the- that makes sense. It was just, like, somebody for, like, child support, you know, just. <laughs> 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 you pay child support or, or, or go battle the bull. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the man. video is nuts because, like, it looks like it looks like something out of one of those jackass movies. Right. And then when it was like the Angola prison rodeo, I was like, "What is this in like Brazil?" Like, I was thinking it was in some like weird country. Yeah. Where, yeah. where like rules aren't like really that followed, but no, it was like in Louisiana, <laughs> and there were these murderers standing in little like circles. Right. It's like a bull. <laughs> Dude, I like. I feel like there's stuff all the time. We're like, oh yeah, surely that's got to be another country. Like there was that secret prison in Chicago, where they would just disappear people 
they would just ghost people and and like take them to this yeah. secret print. And you're like, oh, where's that at? Russia? Where? No, no, no. <laughs> Chicago. Like the United. Like it. I. It is like. And even even me. Like even in my head, I have this like, oh yeah, America, freedom. Like we we yeah. like shit's fucked up, but we're not gonna be. We won't do anything too wild, right? Yeah. And then, but also, I have like countless examples of like too wild shit that like we're definitely doing you know <laughs> that secret prison isn't that doesn't have like the ice cream museum attached to it yes yeah the right? first floor it's all all worked by inmates serving serving hot dog ice cream yeah <laughs> they're like uh, no, i was gonna say that's where uh bane put batman and dark knight rises <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's where, that's where, he was. It's where, where he got his back broke <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my cousin, um, uh, my cousin, he's been in, he's been in prison since probably like 96, 97. And we always just make, like, he's used to it. So he's just like, he's, he's going to be in there. Right. And they did a, um, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Wright, the actor uh-huh. did a movie for HBO. Yeah. And they filmed it in, um, his prison, Pendleton. That's like, um, like an hour away. And, Behind Jeffrey Wright, one of the people behind him is my cousin, who is probably one of his gang members. So, like, in um, on the credits, it, on the credits, it's his name and it said uh, bodyguard number seven. Uh huh. And he's a SAG actor. Really? Because Be- of because it? of that? Because yeah, he gets residual. He got residuals from it. That's so awesome. I was making the joke to my dad, and I said, "Man, did you talk to?" Because we call him Big Brother Chris. We was like, "Yo, did you talk to Big Brother Chris? Um, how he's doing with the strike going on? <laughs> <laughs> how's, like, how's he? How's he know, able to make a, a living with the with the actor strike? <laughs> with the actor strike, you know, he's just he's protesting in the middle of the uh, cafeteria, just like signs <laughs> up. Yeah, he's just he's just got it. He's he's got a sign that's like, "This ain't my first rodeo." <laughs> Oh man! Did I, yeah. I? I don't think I told you, but Brent. all the prisoners in there. What's that? Are SAG actors now? All like all the pe- people and all the people who were a part of it are still there, mm. and they're all SAG actors. That's wild. This is crazy. I mean, there are so many movies and TV shows about prison where you get shit like that. You know, where they go into the prison and they film it, and that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If you if you want to be if you want to be on in movies, you want to be on TV, just get arrested, you know, just get, just get, get, just get arrested. Yeah, just, right. Just, just get arrested. Just go to prison and then you can make it in movies. Right. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know if you guys saw it cause I, I posted it on, on various social media platforms, but I don't, I don't know that we actually talked about this Brent. Um, did you see that I, I had dinner next to John Lovitz a few weeks ago? Yes. I just, yes. I was going to ask you about that. It was, I was wild. Like we went, we were just out. What were we doing that day? I think we were running around doing stuff maybe for my daughter's birthday. Um, but we went, we were like ready to eat. So we actually, we started to go to this, uh, we were in one of the, oh, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. So one of the things we did was earlier that day, uh, she wanted to go shopping in like a very wealthy area 
uh, Winnetka, like one of the super wealthy. And we all walked in and we're just like, we're wearing like, I mean, we're not in fucking rags or whatever, but like, I've got, I've, I've, I've got a, I've got a hoodie on whatever. And so we go in the store and my daughters take off. They're looking around. We're just kind of standing by the entrance waiting on them. And this lady comes up. And she's like, she's like, oh, hi. Yeah. How, how are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, she's like, are you guys, are you guys just visiting the area or do you live around here? Or, and I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? Is it that, that obvious that, um, but so you anyway, look across the store, you look across the store and this man has a jewelry box open. And your daughter reaches for the necklace and he snaps, snaps it. Real yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 get away from there. <laughs> but, but so then we went because we've, I mean, we've lived up here for years in the north suburbs, but we've never actually gone to the the Home Alone house, right? That was in the movie Home Alone. And so we go there. We're thinking maybe we'll drive by, maybe we'll jump out and take some pictures or something. It was just it was a random Saturday at like three in the afternoon. That place was swamped with people. Like we, I, they were just like getting out of cars, taking pictures. Like uh, really? there, there were at least like six or seven different groups of people taking pictures. <clears throat> and it's a private residence. Like somebody just lives there, and uh, but it's but it's the house where Home Alone was filmed. And so like people just like show up there and take pictures on the sidewalk in front of it. It was wild. Uh, <laughs> How far of a drive was that from your house? Not far. Uh, that's cool. 15 minutes. Maybe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but the, cause like the area, like the city we live in is a pretty wealthy city. Uh, we live in the unincorporated, uh, we live on the edge of the city. Um, but, but, but a lot of these cities around here are pretty wealthy. Um, but so we did that. And then that night we were, we we were like looking for a place to eat and we started to go to this one place, but they had kind of a long wait. So we went to this place called, I think it's called City Works. And we just sat down, we sat in this booth and we're eating and we, we hadn't been there very long. And this guy who looks exactly like John Lovitz and, and I guess, it, I don't know if it was a buddy of his or a business associate, this other guy, they sit in the booth right next to us. Like my daughter could have reached back and like tapped him on the head. They, they were just in the booth next to us. Did you hear his voice? Could you hear his voice? Was he's like, and then they put bugs on the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was pretty loud. I couldn't quite hear him. Um, but but the longer I sat there, the more and more I was like, like at first I was like, oh, that's just got to be an old guy who looks like John Lovitz. But the longer I sat there, the more and more I was like, no, no, no. Every like everything about this guy is screaming John Lovitz. Like this is the guy that I've seen, and. And so we were talking about it, and as we were leaving, the server overheard us talking about it, and uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, John Love, you're talking about John Lovitz in there," and we're like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah, John Lovitz, whatever." <laughs> we we're like, All right. <laughs> he, did, "He did the jerk off motion." No, he did. No, 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 no. It was in the. <laughs> I'm like, sir, there are children here. <laughs> It was a, it was in the tone of voice though. He was like he was like yeah I'm gonna go over and be like oh yeah I really loved you in the critic and I was like okay man like I, I, he was like very jaded and cynical about it you know. He just he just look over he just look over at y'all and just go jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well and then like I I and somebody commented on I don't know, maybe my Facebook post or something but whenever I think of John Lovitz I always think of that scene in the Wedding Singer. Um. Where Adam Sandler, oh, yeah. 
Adam Sandler's character is having like a mental breakdown and John Lovitz, he's like behind the curtain and he's like, uh, he's like, he's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> and then the curtain slowly closes over his face. <laughs> but I didn't say anything yeah. to him. I like, I the dude was eating dinner. I didn't want to bother him, but right. 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 You know, um, yeah. but it's, yeah, we're, uh, no, I was going to say, like, I've been listening to like, pot, like, um, um, uh, Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade's podcast, mm-hmm. and literally yeah. they always talk about John Lovitz, and each cast member just talks about like he just comes over to him and just like, hey, did you know that I just bought a new car? <laughs> <laughs> and he went to and like Chris Rock was telling him just like, man, I see, you know, I saw John Lovitz. So I was like, hey, John, how you doing, man? And then he was like, Chris Rock. He just like, did you know that? Did you know I have a date with a beautiful woman? <laughs> yeah, he's like really like that. Yeah, that's and that's a, that's a pretty good impression, Sean. That, yeah, that's like he does have this like weird inflection and this weird this weird cadence to his speech. But yeah, it's yeah. just like yes, I have this, and I went and because me and my sister, we always go like jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Well, we, you know, we should probably talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, Sean, Sean, do you want to tell us about this, this terrifying, one of the scariest, (laughs) one of the scariest horror movies I've ever seen. Showed me right to my bones. Uh, just tell us about this movie and why you chose it. (laughs) Okay. So I wanted, I was like, okay, you know, uh, I've been watching this, like, you guys been, you know, doing a lot of horror movies and a lot of, you know, a lot of horror movies, a lot of suspense movies, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna send you guys the scariest one of them all. It is a movie called Cop and a Half. Cop and a Half, 1993. <laughs> 1993, starring Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Ruby D. Mm-hmm. And a young man, Norman Golden the Third. Uh-huh. AKA, AKA. Directed. AKA yeah. Enormous. Uh, the rapper Enormous. <laughs> yes, he's enormous, yes. Yes, Which, I forgot about that either. I haven't heard I'm he's gonna go I need, I'm gonna go listen to his stuff. Maybe I'll cut it in the podcast, but he's a rapper now. I never knew that it would be this way Had dreams of being rich, this was not my fate Told me to pray every day, I'm starting to lose faith But I wonder if I ever had it in the first place I'm living hand-to-mouth, landlord about to throw me out In retaliation, all I could do was scream and shout No money, no car, no plans, no friends And a job is a joke, I'm at a dead end People told me I should get an education, and I did Can you feel my frustrations? Got nothing to lose, but what do I have to gain? I train hard every day, but I'm losing the game I've never been the one to sit and bitch and complain I'm on a finger, but I'm really also, the movie is directed by Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler, yep. love him. I got. Yes, I'm a big fan movie, of Henry Winkler. This movie did did so bad that he <laughs> stopped directing. <laughs> yeah, I can't he blame did, him. Like, nothing to do with it. And uh, you yeah. know, and it like it wasn't. It's not that it was poorly directed, but it it did feel it did feel like it was directed without any kind of like style or I don't know. It just felt yeah. like like very textbook. Like if you were reading out of a textbook how to direct a movie, 
there was just nothing interesting about, and I, I love Henry Winkler. I love him in, you know, Scream and Arrested Development and, uh, yes. like Henry Winkler is great, but yeah, I do just based on this one movie as a director, I don't know that he's, uh, I don't know that directing is his thing, you know, it's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he gave it a shot. Yeah. He gave it a shot. And, and again, and you it's know. not bad. Like it, it, it works. It's just not interesting or uh compelling at all you know what i mean there's parts in the 90s you probably loved it i'm sure yeah 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 like like to this day in my mind it is it is one of the best movies i've ever seen but then i watched it last week again and i said okay it's not but it means a lot to me and yeah. uh, before before we did this, I told my sister, I'm like, we're going to talk about Top and a Half. And she's just like, oh, my God, I love this movie. Because we used to have, we used to, we wore this tape out. Me and my brother and my sister <laughs> watched this movie so many times. Yeah. Rewinded it, and then we watched it. It is, and we used to watch it all the time. We still quote it. Yeah. To this day, we're all in our 30s. We still quote it. My brother last week was quoting it to his uh one-year-old son and just saying like crazy stuff and just like i'm gonna show him that movie yeah well there, there, <laughs> there are some really good lines there are some really funny lines and i don't i thought maybe i had seen this movie when i was a kid or when i was younger but when i watched it last night it didn't ring any bells i don't think i had seen it before yeah um but i could see but it I, be- I, think, I, I feel like I'm just because it, it applies here i feel the exact same way but i'm it's burned into my memory that number one, that's a movie, and then number two, the the, the box sleeve, the, yes, the VHS. Like with, it just with yes, the kid, he's got the he's got I've the handcuffs, seen. the handcuffs over Burt Reynolds' eyes. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. That image is like very iconic. Yeah. yeah, and I've always been aware of this movie, but I don't think I ever watched it before last night. Um, yeah, we're. I was, I was trying to debate. I don't remember my my. My mother said that she took us to go see the movie, and really? I don't remember seeing it, but I remember us just having the VHS watching yeah. it almost every day, <laughs> and it literally just like we watched that so many times. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah it's and we're and the we're just like oh yeah this is this is what we're gonna do we have our favorite parts in the movie uh it ends with a joey lawrence song <laughs> oh, that joey lawrence sings at the end i did not notice would, that <laughs> yeah oh. so he had a song while he was on blossom called nothing uh nothing my oh. love can't fix jesus christ <laughs> and and i guess that the the studio also on the record label they was part of because that song has nothing to do with the movie right and so it oh, ends wow. with that and so we play it like uh so we used to play like and sing to the song like during the credits and i was like oh yeah and i was at work and i was like oh it's on it, oh the song is on title let me listen to nothing my luck at fix and i was like this is a terrible song <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can see, like, I feel like maybe if I had watched it at the, at that age, I think it's just kind of like wish fulfillment of like being a kid, but getting to do like cool adult things. Like I remember, like I watched the three ninjas movies all the time and that, that, that made me like want to practice like, or even like Buffy the vampire slayer. I like had me like carving sticks and like making steaks, you know? 
Um, yeah. Or or even like, have you seen you've seen Blank Man, right? Have you guys seen Blank? Oh, yeah, Man? of course. Yeah, yeah like. Because I enjoyed Batman as a kid, but for some reason there was something different about Blank Man. How it was like these regular kids who like, and yeah. especially like Damon Wayans, he like made all these gadgets, and I was like, I could make gadgets, <laughs> like you yeah, know, I could make Karate Man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I could make, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do that. Right. And, and so you start like putting <laughs> random shit together, and you're like, yeah, this is handcuffs. And your mom is like, you just glued some wood to like a nut. That's not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it and the, the, to be honest with you, you know, and it's like, oh, this kid wants to become a police officer. It never made me want to become a police officer. <laughs> like right. looking back on it, it never. I I don't know if that was the point of the movie. Like, hey, he could be a police officer if you want to. It's just like I don't think that that message of the movie did not. Yeah. Take. Yeah. Well, and like, and, and Burt Reynolds and you know, what? watching this movie made me realize how big a hole in my, cause I've watched, I've watched deliverance, right. Which was 70 something, I think. Um, yep. but Burt Reynolds, I was just reading through his filmography. He went on this run for like, I don't know, five or six years where he was in multiple, multiple movies that were either they were critically acclaimed and, or they made bank at the box office and he directed some of them. It's I'll just read these real quick. In 77, he did Smokey and the Bandit and Semi-Tough. 78, The End and Hooper. 79, Starting Over. 80, Smokey and the Bandit 2. 81, Cannonball Run, Sharky's Machine. 82, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Like, I, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen those movies. I've seen parts of them. I've seen parts of Smokey and the Bandit. I've seen clips from The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Cannonball Run, I know of it, but I don't know that I've actually sat down and really watched any Burt Reynolds movies. Um, yeah, like uh, with Cannonball Run, my dad, because my dad is such a um, like in Cannonball Run too, like the Rat Pack is in it, so it was like yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. and, and it, Dean Martin. Well, and it was it was their last movie, right? It was the last. It movie. was their last movie together. Yeah, and so my dad used to play that movie all the time for us yeah so like you know we're just like watch that and then um i think i said the last time i was on your show my my grandfather and my dad used to go on hbo when hbo was like being popular and you'll have like the seven hour nine hour uh vhs tape yeah and you just put it in and just record and go to sleep so it would just be like all these movies on there yeah and we used to, that's how, like, you know, my, literally my whole adult life, like, if I quote anything or anything is from those movies, and, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, those same. things, yeah. and, and we used to watch them all the time, and there's one particular one, I forgot, uh, there's a movie called Paramedics, um, it's a para- it's the, it, it stars the guy who plays Shooter McGavin, okay, and, Christopher and, McDonald, I think, yeah, yeah, and, it's a, it's a, it's a, like, you know, it was a 1984, like, they're, like, ghetto paramedics and stuff, and then, you know, women taking their bras off and everything. Oh, yeah, So I was just like, oh, okay. The, the, Wait, for, like, a breast exam or something? Yeah, so they're, they're paramedics, <laughs> and they go to this hospital. They go to this hospital, we're explaining this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're paramedics they, in this ghetto um, those, those, those middle of the night HBO movies, they didn't need an excuse. They didn't need a reason to, to take the ball. Yeah. 
And so they're just like they got kicked out. They got kicked out of their hospital for being too good because the 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 their chief of surgery, chief of surgery is like, oh, you guys are too good. I'm gonna send you to this ghetto one. And of course, where all the black and Puerto Rican doctors are, <laughs> Wait. like that's where they go. And um, and there's like a little person, you know, who's on the paramedics team or whatever. So then they're trying to. So the whole team is trying to frame the chief of medicine so they can all get hired back. It's a crazy, stupid movie. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. The movie's called Paramedics? I've never heard of this. It's called Paramedics. Was it, was it, it the, the little person, was it, was it Dorf? Like, yes. Dorf from, like, the golf movies and everything? Oh, like the golf movies? Yeah. Dorf, Dorf resuscitates a co-ed. <laughs> It was just it was just Steven Dorf on his knees. <laughs> Have you oh wait, I'm sorry. Have you heard of that movie where Gary Oldman plays a, a little person on his knee? He's on his knees the whole movie? No. Yeah, th- dude, there's this movie that somehow slipped by everybody in the 90s or early 2000s and it's like, hold on, I'll look it up. It's like uh, Gary Oldman plays a little person who like goes to his brother's wedding. <laughs> And it, I, I've seen, and the premise sounds insane. I've seen clips that are even like wilder than anything you'd imagine. They called tiptoes. T- yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. Tiptoes. Two thousand three. Yeah. He made it in two thousand three. Yeah, dude. And it's it's. <laughs> let me see. I want it. I haven't seen this movie. So check it out. It's Matthew McConaughey. And he's getting married to Kate Beckinsale and his brother, Gary Oldman, shows up like walking on his knees with shoes on his knees, like as a little person. It's fucking and like as wild as you think it is. The clips I've seen on YouTube are even worse than that. <laughs> it's <laughs> anyways. It's Both, all three of those people are established. Right. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt whoever was talking. That was just no, no, you're good. You're good. I'm gonna look out for that movie now. Uh, yeah, I look out for the movie, but yeah, the 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 tapes it was like paramedics, and then it goes into real sex. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> like, of course. That show on of HBO? course. Any sure. any time any time you tape HBO overnight, that's gonna be an hour of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like kind of the first time where I start seeing that stuff, and uh-huh. so I hid that tape in like my my little uh, uh, pirate chest that I had. Yeah. So I hid that tape. So I was just like, yeah, this one is just for yeah. me. You had the, you hid the treasure. You you hid the you hid the booty. The booty. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to watch those movies all the time, and like, there's every once in a while, it'd be like a Burt Reynolds movie, and Burt Reynolds, to his credit, was very versatile of what his roles. Like, mm. you know, he was like a Hollywood leading man, but like, he could be like, I can do this silly role, or yeah. I can do this action role, or I can do this, and he was also doing his own stunts in those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is why, or yeah. like. Or you've seen, I, I've seen that picture. I don't know if it was in, if it was in Playgirl, but there was like, there's this famous picture of him, like totally naked where he's just like, got a, got like a polar bear skin rug he's on. And it's like, I don't know if you guys, and he's like very hairy and it's just like the, the seven, the seventies man, you know, like, 
It was a wild time. Yeah, it was a different time back then. <laughs> wild time, wild time. And he was like, he always said, like, I'm only going to do my own stunts. I'm only doing my own stunts. If I'm going to live it. So, like, all those movies, like, Cannonball Run and all that, it's him doing that because he was like, that's how we did it in the old school. And in The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler and stuff, when he gets hit, that's really him. Oh, geez. Well, what was it? He was like 60 years old or something when they filmed that, right? Yeah, like because he was in the original one as yeah. Adam Sandler's character. Yeah. So he's the old man, and they were like, oh, we got this hit. You know, you're going to do it? He said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he told the director and Adam Sandler, like, no, I'm going to do it. So in the movie, he puts things on and goes, and they hit him so hard. He told the football players, hit me as hard as you can. And that's really him getting knocked down. Oh, God. what a, Sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, and the football players was like, "Yeah, no, he told us to do it, so Jesus. we were gonna, just, yeah, just gonna, we're just gonna go as hard as we can." Well, and 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 it's wild that he was so, like he was so. There was a period of time where he was so famous in the late seventies and early eighties, and other people like I have memory, like I have, I remember Schwarzenegger being that famous. I remember Stallone, Bruce <laughs> Willis, but. Burt Reynolds was just a little behind my behind like before me and when I became aware of Burt Reynolds he was not a joke not a joke I won't say a joke but like he wasn't he wasn't like because even now like Schwarzenegger has done things Stallone is still doing things but by the time I really became aware of Burt Reynolds he was just like not really doing much um but I feel like he was he was good in Deliverance, which I like. That's my yeah. one touchstone. Is like I de- I know Deliverance. I've seen yeah. that movie. But he's good in it. But he's not a likable character. And then like even oh, yeah. e- even in this movie, Cop and a Half, like at no point is his character likable. Like he's just kind of this <laughs> like he's like he's a grizzled <laughs> dick the whole movie. And like the only redeeming moment he really gets is when another cop. Is telling the kid about, oh yeah, his partner died eight years ago and he's never been the same. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but like, he's still just kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of which, man, like when he's got the kid in his apartment, like protecting him. No. And he just, <laughs> the kid's in the bathroom and Burt Reynolds goes up and just starts taking a piss in front of him. That's in front of him. Yeah. Well, and then and then the kid the kid's like he looks over and he's like, oh yeah, hey, you want to play swords? Have you ever played swords? And I was I was I was sitting there like, what the fuck? Is meanwhile, meanwhile, Reynolds is like like hog is like splashed into the water it's like going into the like he's like like it's like the way like astronauts peeing space (laughs) 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 well which is like i i feel like anybody listening if you're gonna watch this movie like i watched it late last night my kids were already in bed they had school today i feel like if i had watched this movie with my daughters I, I feel like we would have been cracking up the whole like i feel like this is a movie you watch with other people to laugh about how fucking ridiculous it is like and and i i won't say i didn't enjoy it watching it by myself last night but i was like i was like this is a movie where you need you you need like other people around you you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah me and yeah yeah me and my my brother and my sister that's what all we did is just like watch movies and we wore that tape out so (laughs) many times like it, it was literally every day we would watch that yeah um yeah, and we were just talking about it like before I did the before I uh, hopped on with you guys. 
we were talking about it because the villain in this movie, Mr. Fountain, the villain, yeah, Mr. Fountain, he is a 1950s uh, lounge singer mm-hmm. who's who's a drug dealer. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And yep. He, all he wants to do is record, yep. <laughs> record, record a doo-wop record. Yeah, I love, I love that. Like he, all he wants to do is sing, and he's like always so pissed whenever he has to do crime, because because he only like all he ever wants to do is sing, and uh, and <laughs> did you know that guy? And he's terrible at it. And he's, <laughs> but he's that terrible guy, at it. That that actor that actor died like two months after this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Fountain. But yeah, I was kind of look him up. I was like, oh man, oh, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> How'd he die? I think he had AIDS. Yeah, AIDS. Yeah. Okay. But there was yeah. one scene early on, like when the bullies, when the bullies were attacked. Not a good time to have AIDS. <laughs> no, that was no. the worst. No, late seventies, <laughs> early eighties. That was the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Man. laughs> But but no the scene where the Wait, bo- you're not talking about the cop and a half villain? The cop and a half yeah, Mr. Fountain. Okay, but so he got it in the seventies? And he well, died. Oh oh no no I think he got it in the eighties. I'm sorry, yeah, he would have gotten it in the eighties and this is ninety three when he died. 80s, yeah. yeah, so still. Yeah. That was super AIDS. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well th- this this is yeah. still like this is post like Reagan. And and they'll be like, well, it's mostly black people getting it. We're not going to worry about it too much. Or gay people getting it. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, basically. That's what they were doing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh this, this was before, I think before, who, what was the kid's name? Ryan White? Or whatever. Yeah, Ryan White, before, yeah. Yeah, before, like, when a little white boy got AIDS, then, then they were like, oh, sh-, everyone was like, wait a minute. Like. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And then when Magic. Remember, I had, had a good it. joke about that kid. About like Ryan White? Because because if you go to the children's museum, you see his, like, is it still there? Is it still, it's like, yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still there. And I was always like, yeah. man, he had, the, he had the best toys. <laughs> oh. He had so many, he had so many dope toys. He had, like, the G.I. Joe, like, uh, the uh, hanger, uh, the fire jet hanger. Like, he had that in his room. He had so many He-Man toys, like, Nick could do shit. Oh, what a lucky little bastard. <laughs> being a big deal i remember like i think when that kid died that was when like uh, when white america was like oh maybe we need to like maybe we need to like make some drugs to fight this thing like <laughs> yeah and uh magic johnson uh, around that time announced that he had hiv right and then the public was like oh magic got it man Basketball's gonna be affected. You know what? We should put some money into this. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Someone named Magic got AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, this is worse than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Not even his magic could keep it at bay. <laughs> I know. Uh, did you hear people talking about like you know Magic Johnson's thriving? He's a billionaire now, and they was just like, man, I want that kind of AIDS. What kind of AIDS he got? He's opening up. <laughs> it's just like, man, he's a 
billionaire now. Right. Uh, dude, <laughs> imagine being like how like how wild must that guy's life be? Where like he probably thought in the nineties, like probably thought that was a death sentence, and like oh yeah, to have lived long and to see medicine catch up to your disease and like give you this this like extend your life that must be wild for for that guy to be like yo i should have died like 20 30 years ago but yeah well and then yeah. he had the means to keep himself alive yeah and to have enough money to yeah to afford <laughs> yeah to afford, yeah Remember south park did an episode about that shit where like it was like they found the cure for aids and they were like it's money and they were just taking cash and grinding it up <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty yeah, South, cash, yeah. that's pretty yeah so- south park uh really really nails it on occasion that's pretty good <laughs> yes <you're> right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh but the the movie it's so so for people who don't know what the plot is yeah right which, yeah right here at the end of the podcast we should do <laughs> Everything we're saying is exactly what happens in this movie, not and not included. But <laughs> but the plot of the movie is is this eight year old boy. Is he eight? No, he's eight. Eight, eight, yeah. He, he's an eight year old boy who all, only thing he wants to do is be a cop. So he acts like a cop all the time. So like he talks to his teachers, he talks to like this, he talks like that. He watches Miami Vice. He says all the curse words. That's my favorite part of the movie. He just every time he enter, every time someone stops him, he goes, "Damn civilians!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like so, he's a so he all he thinks he wants to be a cop. So then he sees a uh, arrest happen, which is Burt Reynolds' character, who's like a grizzled, um, grizzled cop who's working on a case for drugs or whatever. So he sees the arrest. He sees the arrest. The guy gets out of jail. He sees them. So the little boy goes like, I need to chase them and find out what they're doing. And so the guy who got arrested gets murdered. So he basically witnessed a murder. Yeah. And so he meets Burt Reynolds because he asked for him because he's like, I saw him. I want to be a cop like him. Yeah, McKenna. I want to talk to McKenna. (laughs) I want to talk to McKenna. So basically he has the plate numbers. He has like all the information about it, but he won't give it to them unless he be, uh, becomes the cop. Yeah. <laughs> we, and then the, the chief is like, ah, just drive him around in here. And from here, like every, again, you have to have such a, like an extreme suspension of, of disbelief because every decision everyone makes in this movie is completely ridiculous. Like there's no, Terrible. there's no grounded logic to it. <laughs> Terrible. And the only, like there's one part in the movie where Burt Reynolds is just like, all you gotta do is drive around. He's just gonna get in my way. Like, you know, I can't do nothing with this. You know, I can't hang out with this kid. I got cases to do, you know? And they're just like, oh, you owe me. You owe me. And just like, so just drive around a kid to go on his, right. to go around asking questions about a murder. <laughs> well, and it's, and that scene where the grandma's like, I don't know about this. And he's like, well, you told me to be responsible. And, and, you know, and she was like, well, and he's like, thanks grandma. And she's like, wait, I didn't say yeah. And he's like, well, when you say, well, it always means, yeah. It's like, yes. it's like, and, and, and uh, the, along the whole, like along the way, the whole movie, you're like, how is she just going along with this? And especially, yes. and especially at the end when Burt Reynolds like loses the kid when a bus drives by and the kid somehow disappears, disappears. and Bert, weird. Yeah, yeah but, but Burt Reynolds goes back to the grandma and he's like, "Yeah, 
I lost him, but I'll don't worry, I'll find him. And she's like, Yes, please find my grandson. And I'm like, Motherfucker, like, you're the one friend. you lost him. Like, <laughs> like But then the grandma, there's a scene in this movie after, you know, he hangs out with Burt Reynolds and stuff, you know, he goes on the patrol with him. Mm-hmm. She goes, Oh, there's a new guidance counselor here to talk to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the villain of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like grandma, like, you know he witnessed the murder, you just bring in random people, it's like, oh, I'm a guidance counselor. And what's a guidance counselor gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> right. And yes. he recognizes him from the jewel on his shoe. Yeah. The jewel on his shoe, right. <laughs> Which, and it, it was weird how, like, the boss handled everything. Like, I don't know, he, he's, yeah. got, he's got all these, like, goons to do his stuff for him, but then he's always the one, like, going and doing stuff. It's like, well, what? Doing stuff, right. Like, what are you even the boss for? Like, <laughs> There's a, there's a, there's a awesome, there's a, it's a funny scene where he goes and, um, you know, he's looking through the pictures and he's a little boy. So he goes, Oh, look at that big jumbo guy right there. You know, he's laughing. He calls everybody jumbos. Yeah. He calls everybody jumbos. So then Burke Reynolds is like, do you recognize anybody? He was just like, man, I didn't, you know, he's, you got pictures of the back of their heads. He goes, no, he said, that's the only reason I saw him. Yeah. And Burke Reynolds looks in the camera and just goes like, I want you to look through this book and if you don't find anybody right now I'm gonna rip your head off yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is like always saying terrible stuff to this kid <laughs> yay he said he was gonna he said yeah like iconic line he goes he said you can ride with me for eight hours if you think about getting my way I'm gonna tie your little ass to the back of my car to the axle and drive you around the city yup <laughs> Oh man! Well, did you guys <clears throat> the bull? You remember the bullying scene at the very beginning where they like dunk his head in the toilet and give him a swirly? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess the boy they had because the bullies had this other boy before. I guess that was Max Winkler, which is Henry Winkler's son, played the oh. other boy. But I I thought I recognized one of the kids, and it was it was Sam Clarissa's friend from Clarissa Explains It All. That's right. Was one of the bullies, and I, I looked the guy up. What his name's like? Sean O'Neill or S- yeah? Oh, Sam O'Neill. Sam O'Neill. But real, like he has a couple other credits to his name, but it's basically just Clarissa explains it all, and cop and a half. Like that's his whole like that's his whole career. Wow. Like he has not done much else outside of that. <laughs> wow. There's a girl in it. Uh, she's the girl with the glasses, which is like. You know, she's just like, I, hey, you know, she's just like, oh, you know, have fun with Mr. Fleming and stuff, right, yeah. girl? She's a comedian named Amanda Seals. Really? Uh, Amanda Seals, if you look her up, she has an HBO special. She just nice. came out a couple years ago. She's kind of like, a, she used to be like a uh, like a rapper, but then now she went into stand-up. She was on Insecure. Um a bunch of like she so she has a ton of like titles and stuff so like yeah she like used to host MTV like the rap uh like the hip hop um shows she used to be one of the hosts and stuff so yeah so Amanda Seals very popular comedian nice. she said that this was her first movie this is her first movie and through this I don't know if you guys remember the show My Brother and Me on Nickelodeon I don't think I do no. Okay, it's the last of one season. It was like a legendary show, and but it only lasted one season. She got the role for that show because of this movie. Really? Just for saying a couple lines. The the 
of that show was like, hey, I actually, I saw you in that movie, so you could be on this show. And it's a it's an iconic show. It's called My Brother and Me. Only lasted one season. And it's, yeah, it's like about like a black family in like uh, Cal- uh, in um, North Carolina. And a bunch of people make cameos on it, like a bunch of like hip hop artists and a bunch of everything like that. But they canceled the show and the ratings was up. It was like the number one kid show huh. on Nickelodeon at that time. And it got canceled because the creator and the producers of the show got into it because they wanted the show to be like more like Keenan and Kale, like more laughs. Right. Yeah. And they didn't want, he was like, no, I want my show to, you know, it's going to have laughs, but I want my show to be steady. And he just decided to cancel the show altogether. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the guy, kid who plays Devin. Norman Golden the Third is makes a cameo on that show. Oh, really? <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. So, though the creator was a big fan of that show. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What well, I think one of the uh, one of the only things I want to make sure I point out here <clears throat> was that you know Mr. Fountain he's all about singing, right? He like all he wants to do is sing, and then it's revealed later that whenever Devin feels scared when they're in the car, he I think he starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. He just starts to, yeah, and he tells Burt Reynolds he's like he's like I want to you know I, I I sing when I'm scared. So then at the end when they're ramping the boat, they're both like singing the Star Spangled Banner together. Um, and I almost think that you know the movie's drawing a parallel and making a point that you know he's singing when he's scared when he's scared, which goes back to Mister Fountain as the villain and and evil and people who do harm to other people. Really at the core of it all, they're just scared. Right, and Mr. Fountain is singing because he's scared, and it's drawing a parallel between Devin and and Mr. Fountain singing because they feel this fear, you know. And Devin's expressing it in a healthy way, whereas Mr. Fountain is repressing it and doing harm and violence and hurting people. And yeah. I could tell by Brent's face he knows I'm full of shit right now. <laughs> but it's <laughs> okay, you're making sense. And it, yeah, I don't. I, no one in this movie had that thought making this movie, but it, it popped out to me, and oh, no, I thought no, it was interesting. No, no, no. I was just—I was waiting for like a joke or like a. Like, I was like, okay, maybe he's and he's being serious, and this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like that's, no, that is like a that is like a character study because you know they they don't really imply it, but towards the end when they're about to sing, in order for that kid to get motivated. The only thing that Burt Reynolds told him was just like, you're my partner. Yeah. And that's what motivates him. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. okay, but then it's just like, he's, you know, he's your partner in this, but your actual, like, police partner. No. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I feel like, and that's just a thought that occurred to me. And I feel like I, I, I in a different movie, I would have been like, oh, there's some kind of thematic through line with we're doing with seeing here that occurred to me watching this movie. And if, I don't. That is not the case in this movie. Henry Winkler, <laughs> Henry Winkler probably just likes singing. <laughs> That's all it is. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and it the one of the best things is like Devin keeps insulting his music, like the oh yeah, like that was music. <laughs> the, literally the whole movie, like as soon as he sees them, he insults and talks about how bad he is, right? And just talks about uh, like you know, just like you singing that. Well, and I like, and he, he like snitches on the gangsters. He was like, oh, they were dissing your music in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but he has so many like cop like like so many like he he obviously you know because of the movie he talks like a cop so like yeah. his insults to people it's just like very cop like when they're dragging him out and then he was just like no wonder dinosaurs are extinct big heads small brains <laughs> yeah and he's yeah. just like and like and he just and like he calls that one guy wink wink yeah and yeah. piggy yeah when there and I, I like all the like the uh nods to other cop movies like there's a canine poster in the back at one point with yeah. oh i noticed that Belushi. i wonder there's a tie-in somehow yeah i think it, i think it's just like a nod just like a little homage because at yeah. one early when he's like playing oh i do want to say i like how this movie opens up with kids playing guns like he has obviously a fake so it opens like a cop action movie with the cop Which was great like, i love that yeah yeah with this yeah. cat cat and mouse between this cop but it's just kids playing i, th- I thought the opening was great um, and there was the music there was like the cop the cop drama music. Yeah. And he was like in the empty hallway and shit. Like yeah. that was great. Yeah. That, that was yeah. a good beginning to the movie to be I, quite honest. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then I like how Miss Miss to his friend on the mic on the walkie talkie, you know, he's threat they're threatening each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like and Mr. Fleming, the principal, opens the door. This part made me laugh where he like opens the door and he's like spraying his crotch with the water gun. But the, he, like a normal cop unloads the whole clip. Yeah, he but he, he like he's like staring right at this guy's crotch, and he sprays for like five minutes before he looks up, and he's it's like, bro, you were just you were just spraying this guy's crotch for like five minutes, you know? Yeah, he's playing swords. <laughs> yeah, you to play swords. There's a parallel tie in there, man. Just looking for a daddy figure. Yeah, oh thematic yeah, the thematic element, yeah. So you have to overcome overcome your father and become to become an adult. Your father. Yeah. And also his his you know, I I know I know like especially like with my mother, she like, you know, worked at night. Mm-hmm. But why would you leave that little boy? All the time yeah. at night, and then gets mad at her, him, like, "Oh, I heard your behavior." Just like you're not really spending time with him. <laughs> Which, yeah, I get and it. Even like, like the neighbor, the neighbor lady, see, like she was portrayed as like kind of a bitch. But I, I remember after she yelled at at the grandma, I was like, you know, she's kind of got a point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there was that sign, that, that line, that, like, "I should report you to the Orkin Man." Yeah. Or something like <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, did we lose Sean? Oh, yeah. We lost Sean. Oh, he's, is he back? Oh, Sean's I'm back. Right here. I'm right here. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> but, All right. No, um, yeah, he kept, um, yeah, that, that whole movie, they are um, just insulting that lady. Like, every single character. Everybody. Mi- Mr. Fountain does. Burt Reynolds does. Literally <laughs> everyone tells that lady to fuck off. <laughs> Every single major character in this movie. <laughs> the grandma, the poor grandma. Now, I mean, like having to work all that time, and then like everyone just like shitting on you. Yeah, it's rough. Just like trying to make ends meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know when we're watching the movie, like when the movie is on, you forget that this kid witnessed a murder. Right. You know, like yeah. It, you know, it comes back every once in a while, 
But then watching it last week, I was like, this child literally witnessed the murder. Now, it didn't affect him because he said, I see it all the time on television. But just like, he saw somebody's life end. Right. Which, <laughs> that's the thing, like, and, and again, the suspension of d- disbelief comes in because nobody in this movie handles this kid the way any actual adult would handle this kid, you know? Like, no. <laughs> no, he doesn't but, get a hug. Like, no. you know, just like, oh, man, you witnessed the murder. No, he's just back in the, uh, when they say, oh, kid witnessed the murder. It's like, oh, really? And he's just back there with his, like, you know, policeman jacket, you know, he's right. doing like this. It's just like, hey, pal, how you doing, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this kid's just been traumatized, and the police chief is like, "I just put him in your car, drive him around for eight hours." And Burt Reynolds is like, "I'm gonna tear your fucking ears off, kid, if you don't tell me." If you don't I'm tell murder you, like you saw those other people get murdered. <laughs> and he like wakes up. I'm the police. <laughs> yeah, I'm the good guy. Like pointing a gun at his forehead. I'm the, I'm the best people you know. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me, run a guy down in someone's yard with my car. I tied him to the doorknob and dragged him. Yeah, oh, dude. dragged him to the police station. Dude, he would have been after like he that guy would have been a gelatinous skeleton by the time they got to the police. Last line is not the freeway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. That's probably why he got out of jail so much. He, it so soon. Yeah, because he had a, a civil, civil, a civil case <laughs> yeah, on his right. hands. Um, yeah. But I, Wait, but there's a there's a part in this film where you know they they you know the partners have to break up. So like you know Burt Reynolds and Debbie gets you know gets a uh, uh, gets into it with each other, and Burt Reynolds has a line in it. Like he walks off, he goes you know trying to find him, and then Devin comes with donuts, and then he's like, hey. father figure but i don't know because the thing is you're right sean like in this movie and that's why i think burt reynolds is so unlikable in the movie because in movies like this you do have to have like the main characters like come together and then fall out and then come together whatever yeah. but but the only like these two characters never get along other there's like two seconds maybe where they're playing swords before the kid pisses on his shoe but then like but then like that night he pulls a gun to the kid's head and he's like i can't i can't have this kid around me and then again as soon as they get together the kid disappears to get donuts he's like what are you a fucking idiot and they're like there's there's like no time in this movie where the two are just like bonding having a good time like anytime they're together they're just like he's just being a fucking asshole to this kid like yeah. And the um, because I remember if you go on watch the trailer, the scene that is always in the trailer is when he pulled over his principal, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Pull over his principal, which is just like they just stole lines from tra- uh, from um from Forty Eight Hours. Okay. And yeah, he stopped. Like, he was just like, "I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a I'm an eight year old with a badge." You know, <laughs> they just stole lines from that movie. Right. And so. 
you know, and it's like a funny scene, you know. Wait, is that line in that movie? Yeah, it's just, uh, in um, 40, uh, in 48 Hours, it's like the legendary scene where he goes into the uh, cowboy bar. And he basically just goes, Eddie Murphy just, I'm your worst fucking nightmare. I'm a nigga with a badge. And I can't oh, keep okay. fucking ass much I feel like it. Yeah. And then if you watch that, just like, yeah, they just stole that and put like little kid shit yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There, there, there are nods to other cop movies, like other buddy cop movies all throughout this, which yeah. I love. I, I, I think it's yeah, great. That, Lethal Lethal Weapon. There was a um when Chris Rock was in Lethal Weapon, I remember there's a scene where they pull up and Chris Rock has been kind of deputized or whatever a little bit and he's got a gun. He's like he mentions like I'm a black man with a badge. I got a <laughs> yes. gun your license and register. He it's the, it's the same line. Yeah. Go over you, Corey. Well, and that's, that's and I, I was saying I was saying earlier there's like a line from Dirty Harry at the very beginning. He's like he was like, uh, what's he say to this other kid? He's like, he's like, do you feel lucky about yourself? Well, well do you punk? Right. Which that's Clint Eastwood and yeah. Dirty Harry, you know? Yeah. So there's like, other, there's just other, these little nods to other cop movies throughout this whole they movie. Show, uh, they, he mentions Miami Vice and they show a clip from the actual Miami Vice. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's quoting these movies and, and, I, and the reason why I like it so much is because just like this kid does not give a fuck who is in his room like who is around him he's gonna talk like a cop yeah he's gonna curse like there's that scene where the car almost hits him and this car almost hits him and like burt Reynolds saves him and stuff and then he's just like oh so also there's a scene where everybody's not people who are gonna watch this movie there's a scene in this movie where uh, they break up for the first time uh-huh. because remember he goes I can't deal with this you know after you know pointing the gun at him he starts hanging out with like the other guy who has kids at his house so he takes someone to ride along okay um, and so the car they say oh we see him so they're about to hit this little kid they're about to murder this child yeah like run him over with the car Burt Reynolds saves him and then they go hey I found the other Bobo let's go to this bar and try to find <laughs> yeah, trying to find this what? drug dealer, yeah. <laughs> and and he has like a line. I don't think they put it in the trailer, but it just seems like he goes, "Hey, can I have my badge back?" And Burt Reynolds gets badge back. He goes, "Thank you. Let's go kick some ass." <laughs> <laughs> well, and even like for this like eight year old who almost got mowed down by a car, like he's laying on Burt Reynolds, and Burt, I forget what the how the conversation goes, but but the kid is like. Oh, I, I couldn't see I couldn't get the license plate number. Like I couldn't see it. Your jacket was in my way. And like so even in, even in that moment, the kid is like trying to, you know, do police work. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he gets he gets on him. He was like, Hey, you okay? And he was just like, Yeah, I'm fine. Man, that was just like my Abby Vice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, it's, he was it's, gonna murder this child. Yeah. Well, I wanna, I wanna. It's, it's getting late for me. I wanna let you all get going. Um, but, oh, you good, bro. Did, was there anything else about this movie you wanted to talk about, or are you guys ready to jump into head cannons? I'll make a quick comment. That yeah. when Burt Reynolds tackles the kid, that's that was probably one of the best like jumping to push someone out of the way of a moving car or whatever I've ever seen. Yes. It was, they like, yeah. rolled together so well. Yeah. If that was Burt Reynolds doing it, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, Burt Re- yeah, Reynolds was doing, like, yeah. like it looked really good. Especially, yeah, yeah in, in 93, he's probably, what, in his 40s, at least? 
somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah like the perspective and everything. It looked like he really like saved the kid. It was cool. Yeah. Cause, yeah oh, he did a um um yeah, because he always talked about like you know I was gonna just you know I always try to do my own stunts because I really want to be you know I really want to be into it and you know um there's a movie where he was like a rodeo like going back to the rodeo he's like a rodeo clown and he's just like yeah i just learned how to be rodeo clown and just just did it and he was jumping on like the horses and everything <laughs> like that so it's most likely him doing it. jesus and he just knocked a bull out by himself stand up yeah they're all devin butler yeah oh yeah i forgot about that yeah uh, devin butler. but also i remember okay i probably remember the trailer because they kept showing them throw those those twinkies it's so 90s where they show like the close-up of the twinkie every kid had a twinkie to throw on our next episode we're talking about the 1974 mel brooks classic young frankenstein so be sure to check that out. As always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. Well, do one of you want to give your headcanon first, or I can go ahead with my headcanon? I'll go. I'll go first. So I imagine, you know, this woman is driving a busload of kids. You know, maybe they're coming back from a field trip or something, and... She she's driving this busload of kids and she hits this this slick patch of, of water or something and like crashes her bus into this ravine and she bear she climbs up and all the kids are down there suffering and screaming, they're trapped in the bus, and she like climbs out and she gets to the nearest house on two broken legs, like she barely gets there, and she like she gets the phone and she's like, Oh god, and she calls calls the police station and this little kid answers like, Hello? And she's like, she's like, yes, please. He's like, well, I don't know. And it's just like, she's like, wait, who am I talking to? It's just, it's this eight year old kid who can't help her at all. Ends up hanging up on her and all of the children die because they let this fucking, they let this, they let this eight year old kid answer the phone. (laughs) Uh, Towards the end of this movie, when I was younger, we used to really think like when he has to fight, he goes, I'm going to handle things myself. And we're like, yeah, go, Devin. Yeah, go. It's just like, you look back on it, just like, no fucking kid was going to solve a murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, Sean, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Oh, I can go. I can go. So okay. my head, my head cannon is... Um, so they'll, uh, Devin comes back and it's kind of like a, um, kind of like a, uh, a true detective. Okay. And he goes back. So he's a fully fledged cop and they're just like, Hey, remember when you were eight years old and you worked on this case? And basically the guy who, so at the end of the movie, uh, he's still on the speedboat. Okay. At the end of the movie, like he's he's still on the speedboat. Yeah. So at the end of it, it's like the movie ends and you still see him on the speedboat. That guy comes back and starts like like murdered his uh like murdered his um um grandmother uh-huh. and you don't know what it is and.
and it's slowly but surely like Devin has to solve the mystery of like what this guy did. I like it. I love <laughs> and it. It's like a true detective, and it all goes back to like different people in the movie. So like all three Bobos that they were looking up was involved, and like <laughs> and then like the the girl who was Amanda Seals, uh, uh, who was like want to see Mister Filming, she's involved, and his buddy. His buddy Sanchez is involved, so like a bunch of Sanchez. people are in it. Yeah, that's, I think that's what his name was. Cause, yeah, you know, man. That was his nickname. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it was, was like, like, it was like Ray Sanchez or something. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Do you punk, you know. Well, and I like. So, yeah, he, it's just a true detective <laughs> cop and a half. Well, I like that kid was like on his walkie talkie with, with, uh, uh, with Devin. He was like at dinner with his family and he was like, and I was like, his family could hear. He's like right next to his dad. It's, it's not like his, his dad's gonna hear what he's saying. Right. right. <laughs> and he's barely looking out the window. Like, hey, like he knew that he was hanging out, like by the window. Like, I can see Devin up there. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the, he, he overhears the parents say, "Like, is that the kid with the shitty grandma?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should call CPS on her. <laughs> we should call CPS on her. He's well, trying to peer into our Norman Rockwell painting of a, of a family dinner. Well, there's also that the scene. Boy was, and he was hanging out on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Eating like goldfish crackers or something like that. Was yeah. it? Cool? Well, and then like, there, there's also that scene where like where Burt Reynolds character first meets he meets Devin for the first time and the the main bad guy has left one of his goons there behind and he's just like standing on the roof watching everything and listen he's close enough to where he can hear what they're saying and it's like if one cop had looked up and been like oh hey there's a fucking gangster in a suit on top of this building like yeah <laughs> the thousand dollar italian suit right just nobody looked up <laughs> all those goons look look super suspicious yeah <laughs> all every single one of them yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What's, All right your, what's your head, Cannon Brent? It's okay. So Devin continues to work with with uh, with uh, with Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. and um, and they're out fighting crime. You know, they're they're driving. Like Burt Reynolds is driving them to the nearest crime scene, and they get into a brutal car accident. <laughs> the, metal, the metal of the car, like, like it twirls them and breaks them apart into pieces. Fortunately, medical science has caught up to them. <laughs> four, month, four, four months later, they emerge from a lab conjoined and encased <laughs> in bulletproof metal. I, I know where this is going. I know where this they, is going. Don't do it. Don't do it. They are, they are deputized and, and they're sent into the city to fight drug crime. In, in the new movie, Robocop and a Half. Yes! <laughs> I pictured they're one. They're, they're like, they're one. It's Yeah, it's literally one and a half policemen in one body. I love it. Yeah. It's like, Dev, Devin's on his back. He just, he's like wearing him like a backpack. He's like, he's like, he's like, hey, you want to play swords? And then he just shoots everybody in the dicks. (laughs) And Devin's just like, hey, Nick, play swords. (laughs) 
holds his arm up and pushes play, and like some like crazy '90s metal band like plays out of like a speaker system. Uh, no, you know what it plays? It plays like they push the button and it plays "Nothing My Love Can Fix" by Joey Lawrence. Yep, <laughs> yep, it's exactly. got to be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, oh, well I gotta get. I'm gonna let you guys get going. I gotta get going. Sean, is there anything you want to say or plug or leave us with before we get going? Um, once again, guys, thank you for having me. Love yeah. doing it, man. Love you guys for real. Um, and um, yeah, man, just keep looking out for. Um, hopefully, I'll start doing stand up again in January, and I'm gonna be coming out with some short films pretty soon. So yeah, so I'll let everybody know when it's coming out, man. Awesome, awesome, oh, yeah. cool. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you, everyone, everyone at home for listening. This has been Head Cannon. Oh! <laughs>